So I want to start uh, by reading the scriptures. Um, and I titled uh, this message, Don't Worry About Your Life. Uh, which, if you hear that statement just by itself, it's like, well, don't worry about your life. Then what, what are you supposed to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, and I think this is a powerful uh, message from Jesus to, to all of us. So I'm going um, to start reading from, from Luke 12, 13. I'm going to read all the way through 34, um, through verse 34. But I want to start with this because I believe this is the whole context of what Jesus is trying to say to his disciples. Um, say, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Men, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And, told, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant, abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take like life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will He clothe you? You of little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think we can stop here and just go home. <laughs> this is... This is this word, I think it's, um, it starts with Jesus addressing what this man from the crowd said. And the first, the context is this, you know, there was, there was this crowd before Jesus and he was talking to the crowd. And this, this Jewish man, right, came and said, and said what? 
He said, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And I believe this is what many, many of us in the church have, have done. We think that Jesus is here or is with us just to supply what? Our needs. And I think throughout history in the, in the church, we have used the gospel and Jesus to gain material things or to think that he's here to bless us in a way uh, that we can have more, more things on this earth. And this, this is where the prosperity gospel comes in. This is where uh, the word of faith comes in. When we think we can use Jesus, right, for our own gain or for our own benefit. And I think Jesus clearly uh, responds uh, to this man and said, Men, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And I think Jesus is saying, you are, you're missing the point of who, who I am and why I'm here. And I think for, for the Jews, the inheritance was a big thing, right? It was in, in their law, right? It was there. The, the older brother would get the double portion, right, of the inheritance. We don't know exactly all the details about you know, what was happening there, if, it, if this was a younger brother. So he was obviously worried, right, about his future, right? Worried about the things that he maybe didn't have. So he's asking the rabbi, right, to, to tell him, yes, please help me with, with, this, with this problem that I have. And so, but Jesus is saying, it is, you know, I'm not here for that. In other words, Jesus is saying, my kingdom and me and, and I am from a different type of kingdom, not the kingdom of this world. And I think that's what he wants to establish at the beginning in terms of how we should see the material possessions. What is the biblical perspective of material possessions? What Jesus is saying to us about the things of this world? What is Jesus saying to us about money, about, you know, inheritance, about these things that in our life we, we worry so much about. And, and people ask me these questions every time, you know, do you have, do you have a good job, right? You, I, 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 I teach at this school and these students are always worrying about what are they going to study? You know, where are they going to university, right? How they can earn a living, how... You know, how do I know what God wants me to study, what wants me to do? So they're constantly asking questions about, about these things, right? And, and sometimes I see this and I say, Lord, if, if we can understand that there are, there are things more important than this, right? And this is what Jesus is, is trying to communicate here. And when he talks about this parable about the, the rich, uh, full man. I think Jesus is not only referring to, or is not really addressing the, the rich, uh, rich person or, the, uh, or how we should see material possessions from a rich person perspective. He's saying to all of us, right? He's saying to all of us. He's saying, he's warning us against Greed, right? 
And what is, what is greed, right? What is greed? So there's nothing wrong about things, right? There's nothing wrong about possessions. And Jesus is very clear here when he says, life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Meaning that it's not the fact that we have things that is the wrong. It's the fact that when we have things, many times we want what? We want more of that. Because God knows that our eyes will never be satisfied. And this is the truth for every single one of us. Even if you have less, you know, even if you have little, you want what? Sometimes you want more. And when you get more, you want more. And when you get more, you want more. This question is, um, if you know John D. Rockefeller, an Ohio native, uh, started Standard Oil. Rockefeller was at one point the world's richest man and first ever American billionaire. Considering he was a billionaire in the early 19th, uh, 1900s, he's still considered as the richest person in modern history. When a reporter asked him, how much money is enough? He responded, just a little more. Right? How much money is enough? Just a little more. From probably the richest right, person in, in modern history, this is what he responded. Why? Because that's who we are in our nature. Right? We want more. And that's why Jesus is warning us about this. Because he knows that when we put our eyes on the things of this world, then we lose focus of what reality and truth is. And he's saying to us, you know, when you are trying to accumulate these things, when you're trying to get more, he's saying in verse Okay, it's gone. Disappeared. But anyways, it's here on the Bible. That's good. Uh, so he said on verse 20, he said, But God said to him, to this, to this rich man that accumulated all these things and his life was required from him, he said, You fool. So he's basically saying, When you go after these things, when you accumulate all of this, he's saying to us, This is foolishness. In other words, we are we're not being wise about our lives, right? And Jesus is warning us first about what it means to have things, what it means to really see from his perspective material things, money, security, and all those things. Because he, this is our struggle, and this is what we worry about. Right? We, have, we worry about, you know, university. We worry about job security. We worry about retirement, how to invest my money, how to provide for my family. Where am I going to live? Do I have enough? Do I need this? Right? All these questions, right? Um, and I say this because in my own life, I've 
wrestle with this. And I have struggled with these things. Especially having a wife and two kids, right? And, and trying to find a job or trying to get these things. We many times I've found myself in this position of worrying so much about what I'm going to have. What are my children are going to have enough to, to have food on my table, right? To have all these things. And God always, you know, brings into my heart, who is your God? Who is your God? What are you living for? Right? And this, this word right here reminds me of that truth and that reality. And I think as we go on um, in our lives, God is asking us to have His perspective about the material world, right? About the things of this world. Because he, is, he has said, this is, life is just more than this. Life is more than this. And for example, in my, at my school, we have different clubs, right? Different clubs of every kind. We have like 30 different clubs that meet during lunchtime. And one of these uh, clubs is uh, investing club, right? So <laughs> when you go, uh, when you go into, that into, the, into the club, they're just so passionate about how to invest this money and, and the stocks. And, you know, they, they're talking about all these things. And, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's wrong, right? Uh, and, I'm, and, and Jesus is saying material things and, you know, retirement, all those things are, are not wrong by any means. But sometimes I, I, I think to myself, Jesus, why, why are we so worried, right, about, about this in our lives? Are we really trusting you for our lives? And that is the question that I ask myself. Am I trusting God for what I need? Am I trusting God for what I'll have? Am I trusting God for what He wants me to do? Am I basing my decision on these things instead of the will of God for my life? Right? How do I live my life and how do I go through my life? And for some reason, I cannot see my slides here, so I will have to... Sorry if I'm just um, all over the place, but I can't. I can see my... Okay. Good. Okay, so the first... I think the first uh, thing that Jesus said, why we, sh we should not worry about these things. And Jesus always has a reason for saying the things He said. Right? Jesus will never ask us something that He hasn't done already. When He says to us, Sacrifice your life. Has he done it? When he says, put your faith in God. Didn't he put his faith in the Father? Didn't he trust the Father? Right? Every single thing that he said, he said it because he has done it. Right? And also because he has a reason for it. Right? And so I, I just came up with Various reasons that we see on this 
uh, on this uh, portion of Scripture about why Jesus is saying, do not worry about your life. Because every message that we hear out there says, worry about your life. But Jesus is saying, do not worry about your life. And the first reason is, life is more than food and clothes. That's what Jesus said. And food and clothes are, some, are things that we need, correct? Things that we need. But I think Jesus is just saying, you need me more, right? You need me more than these things. And also these two things brings pleasure to us, right? God has given us the, the grace to enjoy food. God has given us the grace to have things that we can wear that we may like, right? But he says that what really brings pleasure is what? Is him, right? And these are things that we also idolize, right? Many people, many of us live, many people live for, for eating, right? They think about what they're going to eat tomorrow, you know, when they go to bed, Right? So they are, they're thinking about these things, about food, about clothes. You know, oh, I go today to this store to, to get this thing or to get that thing, right? And to get this other thing. You, maybe you don't have a lot of money, but at least I have this now that I can go and buy this, you know, this thing that I like. And at least I go out of the mall with my small, you know, I leave a small bag that, you know, maybe it, you know, shows people that I, I have something. But I don't really have something, but I do have something, Right? So we live this life and we idolize these things, but God is saying, I am your God. Right? I am your God. And then also these are things that we, like I said, we worry about. But God is saying, trust in me. Do not trust on these things. And there are a couple of verses. There are not here, but I'm going to just share with you. In John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the, the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you cannot, you can't do nothing. Psalm 16, 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Isaiah 46, 40, uh, 46, 4 through 7 says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with, with age. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along. I will save you. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Some people pour out their silver and gold and hire a craftsman to make God from it. Then they bow down and worship it. They carry it around on their shoulders and they set it down. It stays there. It can even be moved. And when someone prays to it, there's no answer. It cannot rescue anyone from trouble. Philipp, uh, Philippians 4, 6-7 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything be prayer. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God is more than, than just these things. God is our provider. We can depend on Him, and we are precious to Him. Right? We are more than this that we look for or we try to gain with our own uh, strength. Another thing that Jesus said is to worry is to waste your time. Right? We cannot add an hour to our life. Our time belongs to Him. Right? Our life belongs belong to Him. You cannot change things by worrying. Right? When you worry, there's, it's not possible to change things. The only one that can change things is Him. Right? He's the only one that can change our situation. Another reason that Jesus gives is the world run after these things. They, they look for pleasure. They look for things. They look for the material. They look for money. Like they, This is the things that Jesus said there, the Gentiles run after. Right? And He's saying, he say, he's saying to us, I am the one that can give you pleasure and joy. I am the one that can bring you freedom. I am the one that can bring you, that can love you in a way that you can never imagine. I am the one who can bring peace to your heart. And so this is, this is something totally opposite from what the world is after. Right? When we look after freedom, love, peace, that's what we really need. That's in our lives and in our hearts and in and, and the way we live. In the, at the bottom of what people are, this is what they're looking for. But they try to get these things on the right side by just trying to fill it in with all these things on the left side. Right? So they're going after the wrong thing. Right? So Jesus is saying they are going after the wrong thing. But for you, it shouldn't be like this, he's telling uh, his disciples, right? We should seek these other things that he's telling us. He knows what we need. I think, I believe, and I've heard many people pray over and over and all the... All that I hear from prayer is, please God, can you give me this? Yeah, provide for me in this area. Provide for me this house. Provide for me this, this uh, car. For, provide for me this, this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. As if that was the most important thing in our lives. But he's saying here, I know what you what need. So, if God knows what we need, 
Do we need to continually pray for these things? Do we need to continuously ask God for these things? No. Pastor Stan last week talked about how Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. Right? What is the first thing that he said to his disciples about prayer? Your what? Your will be done. Right? This is what our prayers should look like. These other, other things, it's just, it's just like he says, it's just added, added to us so we can fulfill his will and we can obey him in a way that he wants us to obey. Right? So when we think about what we need, honestly, it's very little what we need. I've, I've never, I don't own a house and I've never lived in one. Um, but the reality is that when, now that I'm here and everything is very small, right, here in Hong Kong, right? Everything is small. We, it's, it confirms to us that we don't really need a lot. <laughs> right? <laughs> so instead of, if they, instead of me complaining about having, trying to have more space, I try to remind myself, because I found myself sometimes thinking, oh, you know, God, can, can we have a little bit more space? But then I, I, God is reminding me, you know, really you don't need that much. When we think about life, and we think, when we think about what we really need, right? It's not much, right? And so, if we have that perspective, whatever we have, we get extra. It's just, it's easy for us to what? To give away because we are not right, attached to those things. Right? So God has always tried to remind me, just live, live with your hand open. Right? Live with your hand open. In a way that if He put things on your hand, you're always willing to give it away. You're always to share with others. You're always willing to say, here, this is what I have for you. Right? And what I see from Jesus from when he started his ministry all the way till he died, he's always talking about we don't need this much, right? He didn't have a place to lay his head or to sleep. He said, if you come after me, you say you want to come after me, you want to follow me, I said, I don't have much. I don't have even a place to, to sleep. But if you want to follow me, he, he also says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And if he's saying that life is more than these things, what he's basically saying is, I am enough. I am enough. Because he says, I am what? The life. Amen?
And so when we, when we think about this, then our worries, the things that we don't have or have, it really, they really don't matter. Because if we have Him, we have everything. And everything that we get or have, it's okay. We can just receive it with thanksgiving, but we, we are also willing to give it to others, to share it with others. And when we talk about the kingdom of God, He's not only, Jesus is not only saying here, you know, don't go after these things, just the negative part of this commandment, or do not worry. He also says, seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. So the kingdom of God, and I put the two perspectives of the kingdom of God. I, it's about giving. It's about being generous. It's about being hospitable. It's about serving others. This is, this is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not about ourselves. It's not about the things we can acquire for ourselves. The kingdom of God, it's about giving ourselves to others. It's about serving others. It's about being generous to others. It's about sharing our life with others. It's about sharing what God has given us with other people. It's about sharing our house, our home, our possessions with others. Because at the end of the day, life does not consist on those things. But on the contrary, the kingdom of this world, it's about love for money, acquire more things, have as much as you can, buy as much as you can, eat as much as you can, right? All the advertising, commercials, and here, especially here in Hong Kong, we have a mall everywhere, <laughs> right? Every corner, right? You go down the, uh, uh, you go down from the to metro station. There's a mall there. You go out a little bit, you know, across the street. There's another one, and there's another one, and there's another one. So it's easy for us, right, to just live in this mentality that I want to get things. I want to buy stuff. You know, we need this. We need that. We need that. We need that. Oh, we need this. Oh, we need that. We need that. We need that also, right? So then we're trying, we're finding more and more needs as we go on, right? But God is, God asks us to go after, after him, you know, after him. And to love him. His kingdom is about him. When we have him, when we live for him, when we seek his kingdom, when we treasure him in our hearts, when we live for him, 
then we have everything that we need. Right? Everything that we need. And the gospel, the gospel is, is simple. You know? When I, when I think about these things, you know, Jesus is teaching us. It's, the gospel is, is, is simple. What many times is difficult is our hearts and us. We are difficult. <laughs> right? And sometimes the difficult thing to do is just to surrender our things and our possessions and what we have to him. That's why the rich young ruler had to what? When Jesus asked him to sell everything, he said, no, no, not with me. Right? Because his heart was in what he treasured the most, which was his possessions. And I think God is warning us to not, not go after these things. He said how difficult it would be for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Right? Doesn't mean that if you're rich, you know, you can't be rich. But if Jesus is saying that, he's saying it for a reason. Right? And I, I even said... God, don't give me too much that I forget about you, right? Don't give me too little that I have to go, right, and try to do other things to get what I need. And this is, this is what he says in, in Proverbs, right? This is what, the, what, um, what he says. Um. Solomon was uh, probably the wisest, right, person that have ever lived. And he probably was the richest man that ever lived as well. And he had very important words to write to us about specifically this. And he says, I undertook great projects, right? I built houses for myself. And planted uh, vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruits, trees in them. I made reservoirs for water or two water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. But then at the end, at the end of his day, he says this. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. I love this, this verse because... It reminds us that no matter what things we acquire in this life, no matter what things we do, no matter how many degrees we have, how many PhDs, how many businesses, how, many, uh, how much money we have in our bank, at the end of the day, it's all about loving God, keeping His commandments, loving others, and doing his kingdom 
on this earth. Amen? This is the all of men. This is the all of us. This is what God requires from us. And if we have this mindset and perspective about the things that we have, then God can trust in us that we can advance His kingdom because we are trusting in Him, right? In Him to, for our lives, for everything that we have. If you know, um, and I will read this, this verse and I will end with this and then pray. But if you know about um, Steve Jobs, right, um, who co-founder of Apple and, and, and died when he was fit, around 57 years old um, uh, from a terminal, you know, Cancer, very rare. He did everything he could, he could with all the money he had. Um, and at the end of the day, he, he passed away, right? There's um, some people have, have come up with this. Um, they have posted on their websites and different, and different websites what they believe were, were the last words that he said. Uh, some people say it's not true, so it's, it's a rumor. He never said it. He never wrote it. Not, you know, a lot of people cannot confirm this. Anyways, when I, when I read this, even if he didn't write it, it's so true. Right? And I want to read it to you. And obviously the conclusion of this uh, is very self-centered. So, you know, this is not the solution, right? The solution is... Jesus in our life because he's our life. But I want to read this uh, to you. And this may be true for a lot of people. I reached the pinnacle of success in the business world. In others' eyes, my life is, an, is a, a success. However, aside from work, I have little joy. In the end, wealth is only a fact of life that I am accustomed to. At this moment... Lying on sick bed and recalling my whole life, I realized that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in have paled and become meaningless in the face of impeding death. In the darkness, I look at the green lights from the life-supporting machines and hear the humming mechanical sounds, and I can feel the breath of the God of death drawing closer. Now I know when we have accumulated sufficient wealth to last our lifetime, we should pursue other matters that are unrelated to wealth. Should be something that is more important. Perhaps relationships, perhaps art, perhaps a dream from younger days. Non-stop pursuing of wealth will only turn a person into a twisted being just like me. God gave us the senses to let us feel the love in everyone's heart, not the illusions brought about wealth. The wealth I have won in my life, I cannot bring with me. What I can bring is only the memories precipitated by love. That's the true riches, which will follow you, accompany you, giving you strength and life to go on. Love can travel a thousand miles. Life has no limit. 
Go where you want to go. Reach the high you want to reach. It is all in your heart. It is all in your hands. What, it is, the, what is the most expensive bed in the world? The sick bed. You can employ someone to drive the car for you, make money for you, but you cannot have someone to bear the sickness for you. Material things lost can be found, but there's one thing that can never be found when it is lost. Life. This is the reality. And Jesus is saying to us, I am that life. I am that life. Don't don't try to get it from anything else. Let's just try to seek Him and His kingdom. Amen? Amen? And my trust is that this word can change the way we see life, the way we see ourselves, the way we see the things that we have. Because this is something that God is even teaching to me. As, as we make decisions in our life as a family and everything else, it's all about what He wants for us. He will provide and He will take care of all the rest. I, I don't have to worry about that. Amen? So thank you. God bless you. And I'm, yeah. Can I pray? Just, can I pray just before we, we finish here? Lord Jesus, we, we're so grateful because you are, you are our life. And you are life. And you have said that if we have this life, then we don't have to worry about anything else. If we seek your kingdom, then the other things will be added to us. We don't have to go after these things. We don't have to pursue these things that are empty, that have no value, that at the end of the day will go back and will burn, and, and we cannot take anything from this earth. The only thing that we can take with us is your life in us. It's your Holy Spirit in us. It's the relationships we made on this earth and we show and how we show you to other people, how we care about other people, how we share the gospel with other people, how we were generous, how we served other people, what kind of relationship we build as a church. And this is what really matters in your kingdom. Help us to have this mindset. Help us to have this truth in our hearts. And to go out from here and just seek your kingdom. Seek you and what you have to offer to us. Amen.